Oh my god, guys. Guess what it is? Stranger, Stranger Things! <laughs> We're sitting in here with our Stranger Things shirt. Becky's got on a nice black shirt that has Mike and Lucas and Dustin and Eleven and Will. And Will is upside down! Will is upside down. <laughs> as he is. And my shirt is, like, amazing. And I just bought it today. And the computer just froze okay nope there we, we're back and we're, we're back, back. Woo! <clears throat> so my shirt is one i got from target yay target yay target it says camp nowhere 85 and yay, if you've watched episode, if you've watched season three you know what i'm talking about if you haven't watched season three watch season three and that doesn't give much away so it really does it's not a spoiler we won't be giving away spoilers in this. We are going to do our absolute best to kind of just overview without being like, so this is what happens. <laughs> <laughs> we know we normally didn't do our normal intro, but you know who we are. If you don't know by now, I'm Becky Gremlin. And I'm Casper. And this is Wednesday, and Wednesdays are for, are for podcasts. podcasts. To bring you so. all things spooky, and Demogorgons, and D&D, and Five. <laughs> In Hawkins, Indiana. In Hawkins. So yeah, we had to start it off with at least uh, as short of as much of a legal version of <laughs> the uh, Stranger Things theme song that we are limited to play for you. But um, we are so seven excited. Seconds. Hey, <laughs> if that's all we can legally get away with, yay for us. Seriously though, guys, Stranger Things, Stranger Things theme is phenomenal and it's I really like it. So kudos to you guys for yes. that. That's an amazing theme. It's very 80s retro. The whole show is very 80s retro. Yeah, I will say definitely <laughs> for sure this season by far, the third season, uh, you know, the whole show itself is set. The first season's 84, the second season's 85, and the last season's around 86. It's 85. Uh, or it's, it is 85. I'm yeah. sorry. So wait, the first season is First more, season is 83. 83. Second season is 84. 84 third season, third season is, 85. is 85. So this season, especially for me, I remembered a little bit more. My hubby was around nine. <laughs> so like he really loved this season because there were references all over the place to stuff. Going back to Dustin... Again, doesn't give much away, but there's a scene with his toys where he's like, oh my God, I had that one and I had that one and I had that one and I had that one. And it's like, what? Like, so yeah, if you grew up in the 80s, if you love the 80s, this season especially is so nostalgic. Um, I didn't even grow up in the 80s. I was born in 93 and I'm like, I'm an 80s child at heart. So this whole season to me was just everything. The music. The um, Easter eggs, the color, I was so colorful. Starcourt Mall! You yeah. know, you can actually visit that mall. I think it's in Georgia. What? Okay, yeah. so can I tell you how bad <laughs> I freaking, I loved everything about the mall scenes. Because I, so like, flash forward 10 years after that movie, malls were still pretty much about the same. And I was about that age, a little bit younger when I started going to the mall. And that was, like, everything. I mean, like, Sam Goody, Walden Books, like, oh, my Let's God. It's go literally nothing. It's literally nothing like what it used to be. It's crazy, like, how that was everything. Like, and now malls are, like, non-existent because nope. internet. Yep. 
But I, I actually genuinely love going to a mall still. I do. There's something about it. Because I'm always like, when I was a teenager, I loved going to the mall. It was nostalgic. Yeah. Yeah. It, it'd be but. cool if, if somebody was able to take it back to what it was. I sort of like this resurgence of the 80s. And I think that, like, it would be really cool if, if like, malls kind of maybe took that and sort of ran with it. And we start going back to, like, that retro theme again. Because I think a lot of people would really appreciate that. Well, Target's think, getting on board. Have you seen some of their clothes lately? Yeah. It's very 80s. And I think it would bring more commerce back to those stores. So, I right, just an idea. I'm just throwing it out there. Just saying. Somebody pick just it saying. up. It might Somebody work. Somebody pick it up. Somebody pick it up. Could be wrong. <laughs> but anyway, yeah, like Casper said, we're just, we're pretty much going to go over just like uh, first season, second season. Um, you know, obviously by now, if you're a fan, you've watched the show in its entirety. So, Spoiler alert, there's going to be, we're pretty much going to give away everything that happened in the first and second season. Um, but like we said, third season, we're going to keep it light because it literally hasn't even been a week yet. So we understand people are still trying to keep up. But, um, you know, there are going to be a few little things that we'll throw out here and there. Um, and we're definitely going to give you some, I think it would be fair to say, give some Easter eggs that if you haven't watched it yet, we want you to catch. And if yeah, you we have want you seen to catch. It, and even if you have seen it and didn't catch it, like fucking me, fucking Becky was like, did you not catch that? I felt so stupid. Oh, yeah. Wait, wait. There's going to be a major Easter egg that we're going to say. And if you guys didn't catch it, like Casper didn't catch it, you're literally just going to be like, I'm going to die right now. I needed. I needed my phone. I needed my body. I needed my glasses. I needed everything. I needed my clothes. I was naked and I was afraid. <laughs> <laughs> like, as I was texting it to her, I'm like, she is literally going to yeet her entire existence <laughs> just like out into the street after I tell her. She's just going to be like, why? I was so into the episode, I didn't even catch the Easter eggs. I was just trying to figure out what the fuck. Because you know when you first... Every time you first start watching Stranger Things, the first few episodes, you're like, what in the absolute fuck is happening? You're trying to so figure it out. So I was kind out. of in that mode where I was like, what the absolute fuck is happening? Because I kind of want to go back and rewatch the third season to really catch the Easter eggs. Because in the first time I'm watching it, I'm watching it. I'm not right. looking for things. I caught things, of course. But this one in particular actually lasted quite a while, so I wasn't even, I was so into the show as to what was happening, I wasn't even realizing the nod it was giving, and now I'm like, I'm so fucking stupid! (laughs) (laughs) You're like, why? Especially because it's one of my absolute top favorite horror movies ever made, and I'm sitting here going, I'm just, I'm just gonna yeet my body into nothing, because I missed this. It's okay. You are forgiven. You are thanks. totally forgiven, Casper. So and you and anybody else out there that totally missed it, you are forgiven as well. Like we probably said, no one else did, but that's fine. No, it's I'm sure me. there is. I'm sure there is. <laughs> I can't wait till the till we start getting responses on social media from people that are like, 
Yeah, totally didn't catch that. Great. Please. Yeah, I feel like a moron. If you didn't catch it, please yeah. let me know. That would yeah. be great. I would like to know I'm not the only fucking idiot out please there that's like, know. you're not a fucking idiot. I'm just saying, like, when you're really into a show at first, I just, I was not paying attention. So, I'm probably the only person out there that probably did not catch this. But it's it's, it's actually very blatantly there. So, I'm, I'm like, I just, I can't. It was done quite well. <laughs> quite well. I was I was proud. First of all, can we just say a big shout out and thank you to the Duffer Brothers because Oh yeah. Thank far, you guys like, oh my so God. much for writing this show that has shaped a generation to love the eighties. <laughs> so if if anybody doesn't know anything about their background real quick, um it's Matt and Ross Duffer. So they were born in eighty four, same year I was born. Same uh, year my sister was born. Sweet. We're all thirty five. Um, they are twin brothers um, that actually their career um, originally started with them writing a um, horror film called Hidden, um, which I have heard of, but unfortunately I have not seen. If anybody else out there has seen it, um, I would love to know what you think about it. Um, Alexander Skarsgård of True Blood fame, flame. He is pretty hot, though. Just saying. Um, She's like, that was just me saying what he truly Might have slipped. Just saying. Um, <laughs> just the slip. Just the slip. It, 2015 is when this came out. Uh, 2016 is then when Stranger Things came out the first season. And the other thing that they were known for is uh, working with M. Night uh, Shyamalan with the Wayward Pines remake that aired on Fox in 2015. So, um Oh my yeah, god, they that's did kind that? of their yep, they did. Hola. I did Night, not know that. M. Night Shyamalan directed it and uh that was they the shit. produced it. Y'all been doing some good shit. For real. So, I didn't yeah. know they had anything to do with that. That was really good. These guys are <clears throat> super talented. Um if Stranger Things doesn't tell you that, it, it's 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 amazing. Yeah, they they've they literally took their entire childhood. You can tell that they appreciated their childhood. And like I said, anybody that loves the 80s or grew up during the 80s is going to love everything about this show if you haven't watched it all already. So yeah, big ups to the Duffer Brothers. Had to give a little bit of their background because um, if anybody knows anything about their previous work, I would love to know. But I really didn't know much of anything about them prior to Stranger Things. So they're amazing. For this to kind yeah. of be like their first big hit, it, it took off like a rocket. Directing it, writing it. Oh my god, it just, it's so, it's it's literal perfection. It's in my top five favorite shows of all time. Oh my god, definitely. So easily yeah. in my top five. Definitely. And it, I will and be it getting a tattoo be, of it, but I don't know of what yet. It's nostalgic. It. <laughs> and it's nostalgic for sure is what it is. Like I said, this, this is a show that is really going to pull uh, on you. Just the, the Visually, the music, everything. And again, so many references to horror at that time that people loved then and still love to this day from the 70s and the 80s. Just, yeah. Oh, my God. Not to mention the cast. And the casting. Those kids. Oh, my God. So These kids. Do we want to go into the first season? Yes. Um, <clears throat> let us let us enter the first season of Stranger Things. Here we go. Uh, <laughs> the premise for the first season begins in November of 1983, when researchers at the Hawkins National Laboratory, this will be in Hawkins, Indiana, open a rift to the Upside Down, an alternate dimension. A monster from the Upside Down escapes and abducts a little boy named Will Byers. His mother, Joyce, 
and the town's police chief, Jim Hopper, search for Will. At the same time, a young psychokinetic girl named Eleven escapes from the laboratory and assists Will's friends, Mike, Dustin, and Lucas, in their efforts to find Will. Um, so Will is played by a young man. Um, let me find his name real quick. Is that uh, Noah? Noah. Sh Noah Schnapp is his last name. Um, is oh Schnapp. Oh Schnapp. <laughs> uh, he'll probably love that. Oh Schnapp. Oh Schnapp. Oh my god. I'm sorry. I did not mean to be for okay. of this. <laughs> that was amazing. I love it. I love it. I was like, no. Anyway, um, how come? Okay. No. 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 <laughs> No, we're snapping that out of existence. No. Um, we're snapping that in the bud. Snapping. Mike Wheeler is played by Finn Wolfhard. Uh, Dustin Henderson is played by Gatton Matazaro. And uh, who am I missing? Eleven. Oh, of course, Eleven. Millie Bobby Brown. And, <laughs> She's uh, of course, Eleven. Millie Bobby oh, Brown. Yeah, we got <laughs> I'm missing Lucas. Yes, of course. Get Caleb, Caleb McLaughlin is Lucas and Claire. Me trying to pronounce like Sarah McLaughlin. And the arms. Okay. So cue <laughs> sad puppy commercial. Oh my god. And of course you can't forget um Hopper, who is played by David Harbour. Yes. And Joyce Byers, which is Will's mom, is played by the incomparable Winona Ryder. Um, Can we just talk about how this show has brought her back to life, though? She shaped my entire childhood, guys. So again, anybody that grew up in the 80s, Beetlejuice and Edward Scissorhands and, I mean, Heathers, the list goes on and on and on. Winona Ryder is, was just everything. My stress and level in my life is Winona Ryder in every single episode of the show. As Joyce Byers. And can I also say, and I've made this point quite a bit, as someone who is not an actual mother in real life, she plays the best mom in the world. She's a single mom, and she's just absolutely amazing in every single part of this show in every season. I mean, she never gives up when it comes to her son. Not only is she such a great mother to Jonathan and such a great mother to uh, Will, in the first season, actually, there's a scene towards the end of the season where she really takes Eleven under her wings. And it's just, it's such a beautiful moment to see how much she connects to Eleven and really tries to, you can definitely see her motherly instincts coming out with her. And it's, it's so sweet. Because she's not her kid, but she's still like, I'm still going to be a mother to you. I still want to show you motherly love kind of thing. So just like she said, amazing, excuse me, amazing playing a mother. Yeah, she did a phenomenal job. The whole she character is itself. She knocked it out of the park for me. Um, Jonathan, by the way, uh, Will's brother is played by uh, Charlie Heaton. Mm -hmm. um, another young actor that I just thought was great. Um so when Will don't actually forget goes Nancy. missing, we forgot Nancy. Well, they don't mention we didn't mention Nancy in the premise, but I was going to go into this real quick with the story. Okay. Um, when Will goes missing, Will is believed to have died. Um, so there's a part in the film to kind of cover up everything that's going on with the lab that we mentioned. Um, there's a body, quote unquote, that's found um, that has everybody believed that Will is dead. So. Uh, the kids believe Will's dead. Um, everybody does. Obviously, Joyce, by this time, isn't buying it. 
Um, and then this is when, uh, around this time, other characters start to sort of come into play. Um, one of Mike's closest, or Will's closest friend is Mike, and Mike's sister's name is Nancy. Um, and she's played by Nat Natalia Dyer. And uh, Nancy's boyfriend is a kid named Steve Harrington, um, who's played by Joe Keery. And Steve is sort of, he's kind of the, 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 you know, that, that sort of like yuppie quintessential eighties character. He's so eighties, especially in the first season. He's got that hair. And that, that I little... mean, he's just so like, oh my God. And he just, you know, has to have Nancy. He's that kind of guy, but the character changes so much within the first season, the closer he starts to become, to, starts to come to these kids and the experiences that him and uh, Nancy's character have together. Um, because what really ties it all together with the kids is when Nancy's best friend, Barb goes missing and her name, she's played by Shannon Purser and poor Barb. Can we talk about the fact that the only person that gave a fuck about Barb was Nancy, her best friend. Nancy was the only person that gave a shit. That's how it always is. Well, Steve started giving a shit at some point, but... That's how it always is. He only gave a shit because Nancy gave a shit. Nancy was pretty much a bookworm. She was sort of the smart girl with Barb. They were sort of the girls in school that didn't go to the parties. They weren't necessarily geeks, but they really weren't popular, per se. But Steve was kind of the bad boy, and Steve had to be with Nancy. So once Steve was with Nancy, it sort of made Nancy run with the popular crowd, so she didn't really have much room for Barb anymore. Like Barb was still her friend, but Barb wasn't going to run with the popular crowd. And Nancy still wanted her as a friend, but Nancy's like, you know, I'm kind of doing a new thing now. Like I'm, I'm popular now. And they were getting close to their senior year. Well, they would, this would have been their junior year starting the first season. So they're going to be graduating soon. And she's kind of like, you know, we want to party. I want to meet new people. I want to have different experiences. And Barb just wasn't having that. And uh, what's, again, what started to tie everything together is once this rift is open to this alternate dimension that Will is captured in, it releases this monster and that ends up capturing and killing Barb. We find out later on because I know because Jonathan this got thing. a picture of it. Right, he the, was he was being a creep <laughs> and taking pictures. I thought it was sweet. I don't know. I like the creeps. So I had a big crush on Jonathan from the start. I was I was totally into Jonathan from the very start. I was like, oh, the creepy one that takes pictures through a bedroom window. Sign me up for that guy. Like, You're like, oh my god, the serial killer type. Him. Him. <laughs> That's the one I want to be with. That's it. Just goes to show my type. Um. But, right. Well, anyway. I didn't, I have to say I didn't have a crush on anybody in season one because Nancy, don't get me wrong, Nancy's She's adorable. beautiful, She's but adorable. I'm not like feeling Nancy that kind of way. So yeah. I didn't really have a crush on She's anybody a key. because those children are my children. Oh God. <laughs> They're my children. Okay. Don't fuck with my children. Don't fuck with the original, but don't fuck with my children. They're my children. <laughs> I... I have this protectiveness over those kids. I did I mean, too. You and you want to tell them about how you decided to meet Millie without me. Do yeah. you want to tell them about that? 
because it was on Easter Sunday too, and you I would have like, left my I family. Don't care, I would have left my whole I left family. My family. I would have been like, I'm going to meet Eleven. I'm sorry, you guys enjoy your Easter. <laughs> yeah. So this just happened out of the blue. Uh, she wasn't doing any. This was two years ago. Yeah, she was two doing, years ago. Yeah, she wasn't doing any other conventions at all. The rest of that year, she had canceled, and I don't think I paid more than thirty bucks for her autograph. So mind you guys, this was way before, I mean, good God, I don't even want to know how much an autograph would be for her now, mm-hmm. which how much this show has blown up and how much these kids are making. But, uh, I took I a said. chance. <laughs> it was on an Easter, it was on Easter Sunday and, uh, I drove to Indiana and said, fuck it and waited like half the fucking day and got to meet her. And it was like, um, a millisecond, you know, but was hey. it a millisecond? It was a millisecond. <laughs> I literally met her in a millisecond. Um, I got enough to say hi, tell her my name, and give her a high five. <laughs> and cue Casper choking. Um, I'm never gonna let it let her live it down either, guys. I have I know feel bad for two years over forever, this. and I'm just like I'm really not mad about it. I'm just no. making her feel bad about it. It was <laughs> such an impromptu. I mean, it was literally like, a, like it was last minute. I'm like, bitch, you could have called. I would have been like, okay, I'm ready. So last minute, <laughs> like literally jumped in the car and just went and. It was amazing, and I had a great time. And there was so many people. There were oh my god, Didn't there were so many up amazing. As her too? Didn't you actually? Did I you had wear a, your eleven costume? No, I didn't. Nah, I didn't. Oh, you didn't? I didn't bother to. Nah, because it was just too much trouble. Yeah. It just, it wouldn't have mattered, because the wig is like, oh my god, that wig is ridiculous. Pretty. I don't even know how she wore it as long as she did. Those things are, maybe maybe with a shaved head, it's probably easier. I'd say with a shaved when, head, when it's much thick easier. thick-ass hair trying to stuff under a fucking wig, oh my god. She really Bless. didn't have to worry about hair going everywhere. She literally had a shaved head, so it was easy for Bless her. any actress or actor out there that has had to stuff thick ass hair under a wig like literally oh bless you because I couldn't even imagine like it just it's so fucking annoying your head gets so hot after like an hour you're just done so um but I was gonna say there were a lot of really great cosplays there yeah like there were oh my god there was there was a great great Barb one there was a great Joyce one where she was like carrying a phone with her she's like constantly in a panic because in the first season if you guys have seen it she's like always waiting by the phone to make sure she had to buy a new phone because the first one was fried because the Demogorgon's a bullshit a bullshit well that's how Will starts to communicate with her as he comes Mm -hmm. through at one point you know the phones blow out then the phones and it leads to the Christmas lights and if anybody, you know, any theme you ever see with Stranger Things are the Christmas lights that spell out the alphabet because that's how he starts to communicate with her. And Joyce strings the Christmas lights up on the wall and paints the alphabet on the wall. And that's how Will starts to communicate with her while he's there because essentially he's in an alternate universe. That's what the Upside Down is. And all of these references to the Upside Down, the Demigorgon, everything like that are all Dungeons and Dragons references. Again, a lot of 80s stuff in the show. Dungeons and Dragons, the music, everything. Like, literally everything. Uh, Jonathan plays The Clash for Will. Should I stay or should I go? And, yeah, so, um, oh my god, the movie references, yeah. So, it's so many 80s references, but, um, yeah, so essentially the first one kind of centers around Will missing... Joyce being in a panic to find him. 
Uh, Nancy's friend Barb goes miss, goes missing. Nobody really notices except Nancy, but we later find out she's dead. Um, I know that there was this big conspiracy going around for the longest time, even after the second season. Barb's alive, Barb's alive. No, we know Barb's dead. Um, we saw Barb have shit crawl out of her mouth. It sucks because we didn't want Barb to die. I, I liked Barb, Barb you know. And I liked Barb. It kind of and it was a sucky way the way Barb died. And again, it was. But she had like other movies cared. to do. <laughs> but it was. I think it was one of those things where she was an endearing character, and like she I described was. her, and then her death was just sort of like nobody cared except her best friend. So, um, but this whole time, there's this chick, which actually I shouldn't say chick. She's a child. There's this girl who walks into this um, restaurant who, by the way, the owner of the restaurant is fucking the guy from This Is Us, um, Chris Sarandon. <laughs> no, Chris Sarandon. That is not correct at all. That's okay. <laughs> Chris Sarandon is the voice of Jack's <laughs> Oh, Lord. It's Chris Sullivan. I Sullivan. Up. That's... Thank I've you. never watched one episode of This Is Us, so I'm um, sorry. I have no reference. That's why I said Sarandon, because my brain's like, it starts with an S and sounds like Sullivan. Um, so, <clears throat> he's the owner of the restaurant. He sees her, and at first, you're like, who is this person? We'll come to find out she has psychic abilities, where she pretty much can do just telekinesis. She can just move things with her mind. Um, Mike ends up falling for her, which is really, oh my god. Oh my god. Mike well, and Eleven. Okay, so we jumped around. The girl that walks into the restaurant is Eleven. Yeah. So, yeah. Um, Eleven ends up at Mike's house. Um, they have to hide her. They find out she has powers. These people um, from Hawkins, the, lab. Um, the yeah. lab, are after her. She calls this guy Papa. He basically took her away. Long story short, he took her from her mother. Uh, they basically brainwashed her mother. Um... To make her think that, quote unquote, she wasn't alive when in reality her mother always knew that she was alive. Um, and <clears throat> they took her to do experiments on her because they basically wanted to use her as a weapon. Yeah, we should preface by saying that um, if none of you know your history during this time in the 80s, this is at the height of the Cold War. So this is when people are terrified of Russian invasion, of communist invasion, Red Dawn all that stuff happening. So there were still a lot of, uh, ex there were a lot of experiments going on with even, and now this is real. This, this I'm actually talking, this really did happen. There were MK ultra experiments that were said to have been stopped in the seventies that continued on in some nature where they were trying to see if certain people possessed any type of psychokinetic abilities, either under the influence of um, some type of hallucinogenic drug or not under the influence. So um, even without being under the influence of a drug, if anybody at all was thought to have any type of actual psychokinetic ability, they were either drugged or involuntarily or asked voluntarily to um, come in and test with the army forces to see, because, you know, a lot of people will deny this, but there was an entire subgroup, I even believe to this day, of where they were trying to see if they could use some type of psychic weaponry in the war, especially, like I said, during the Cold War, where we thought we were just going to be completely, the entire country was going to be taken over by the Russians. So, um, the premise with 
Hawkins lab specifically in Stranger Things is that they were using children um, specifically. At one time they were using adults, but they found that it was a lot easier to use kids because kids, their minds are more impressionable at, at a certain age, you know, prior to puberty rather than into, into adult adulthood. So uh, we end up finding later on that Eleven, like <clears throat> many, many, many other children, were taken from their parents to be experimented on. Um, and she was actually given the name Eleven from a tattoo that she has. So each child is a number. So their birth name is taken away and they're given the number that, that they're used essentially as a lab rat for. And that was her number was Eleven. Um, she's later called L by, by Mike and the other kids. Um, but she's able to communicate to Will through the Upside Down um, with the uh, walkie-talkie. Um, there's also something that she can do that she did in sensory deprivation tanks at the lab where um, she's able to sort of, re she's able to sort of travel uh, through space and time into other areas of the world where she's, seeing other things going on in real time, but other people can't see her. So that's another way that she's able to locate uh, Mike or Will rather in the upside down. So um, we as start long to as she has part. like a picture, picture or some or kind of like that. reference yeah. that she can, she can find the person. Now, sometimes they can feel her, but it depends on their connection with her. Right. Cause she did find her mother. Um, Oh, wait, that's season two. Yeah, but, we gotta... You keep jumping into her mom, and that's why I'm like, pull back! But no, like, they do <laughs> They do eventually, like, she finds her mother kind of thing, like, they and they feel her. So certain people can actually feel her actually there. It, it just depends on the connection that her they either have with had her. Her powers, too, so that's yeah. another reason. When her actual yeah. name was Jane, and that is revealed in the first season that her name is actually Jane. Right. But they never call her that. She's She's always 11. So, but, um, so in the first season, they do end up going to the school, um, cause they're trying to find Will. They, cause they're trying to get 50. So Dustin calls their, uh, science teacher at like 10 o'clock at night while he's having a date and they're watching the thing. Love it. And, so um, <laughs> and, uh, he's like, so if I wanted to, uh, build a, uh, what are they called? Deprivation tanks? He's like, if I wanted to build that, how would how would I do that? And he's like, it's it's ten o'clock at night. Like, can we pick this up on Monday? And he's like, I mean, are you really gonna like not let me have fun? Because my curiosity is like wild, and I basically need to know this right now. Oh, and can we just say that Mr. Clark is the greatest science <laughs> teacher of all time? And I'm so mad at myself that I didn't meet the actor that played him because he was so nice. I would I need him. Like, he's, he's literally Mr. Wizard, Bill Nye the Science Guy, and, like, every great science teacher all rolled into one. He's just the greatest. He's an amazing scientist. He was a nice guy, too. Very nice. Oh, I love him. And side note, I have a keychain that says Hawkins AV Club on my keys. Like, I had to buy it as soon as I saw it. Because I was it's like, so this perfect. is... I was like, this is literally everything to me. Like, literally everything. Um, but when he calls him about this... Side note, too, guys. You can sort of get the same... People have flotation tanks, mm -hmm. so it's kind of the same thing. Um, Basically, it's a pool filled with salt water. With salt water. That's literally what it is. With salt water, yeah. Because We salt... need 1,500 pounds of salt. And our bodies are sort of seen... Our bodies are batteries, mm -hmm. so... It makes sense. Yeah. It, it makes, makes perfect yeah. sense. 
Because like if she, if she was sitting in water and, yeah. with all that salt, she has the ability to be able to do that. Exactly. So she basically found She's Will. the battery, basically. She is, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Exactly. So she she was able to find Will, and a Hopper and uh, Joyce end up going to the lab to go to the Upside Down to find him, while the kids stay at the school, and Nancy and Jonathan go out to kill the Demogorgon. That was their whole, like, thing. They were like, we need to go finish what we started, and the kids stay at the school where they're, they think they're safe. Well, Hawkins' lab people end up showing up, and Eleven just mushes their brains, which was amazing. Can we talk about that? Mm-hmm. They're like all in this hallway, and Eleven basically just mushes their brains, and they all die. And then, um, so Hop, I almost said Popper. Hopper and Joyce end up finding Barb in the uh, Upside Down, which clearly she's not alive. And um, they find Will. They end up getting him to come, you know, he, they get him to cough up some of the yucky that's in his body. And they find him and they bring him out. And, um, 11, well, meanwhile, while that's all happy and happening, um, the Demogorgon ends up back at the school, uh, and it comes through a wall. Basically the Demogorgon kind of saved the kids in a way because the, um, Papa, Eleven's Papa, shows up and he's got these other people and they're kind of talking to her and taking her away. Well, the Demogorgon comes out of the upside down, scares everybody off basically. Um, and then they end up in this schoolroom where Eleven basically says goodbye to the boys and takes down the Demogorgon herself. Um, so you kind of think that she's dead at the, at that part right there. <clears throat> and then, um, come to find out, you see at the end where Hopper starts, there's a little box in the woods and he takes food to it and Eggos, which she loves Eggos. That was like her favorite thing. When Mike started giving her Eggos to feed her to, cause she, he, she was staying in their basement. She had nothing to eat. So he started giving her Eggos. So Eggos were her thing. So he started leaving Eggos and you see someone take them. So you're like, oh, Eleven's fine. Well, and then you find out Hopper's story that um, Hopper lost his daughter to cancer Mm -hmm. at a very young age. Um, And his wife left him not long after that. So his life sort of, he became an alcoholic. His life kind of went down the tubes after that. He stayed chief of police, but, you know, things weren't that great. Things really weren't, obviously weren't going great for him at all at the time. Definitely in a depression, and that's how he dealt with it. So, well, he clearly had a connection to Eleven, too, because right. she was kind of the age of his daughter. So he he kind of, you could kind of tell he really was starting to form a bond with her, which was adorable. Yeah. So adorable. Yeah. And essentially, she, um, going back to the lab, she develops a connection with all of this because, essentially, she's the one that opened up when when the lab starts to discover that they can open up this portal to another dimension she's sort of part of that she's she's part of them wanting to to she she they're using her and and her psychokinetic abilities to be able to open this portal and this doorway that that they believe is going to lead them into 
somehow being able to, and again, I think a lot of this all leads back to um, the whole Cold War thing. Obviously, being able to travel through different dimensions, they think that that could give them an advantage, Americans an advantage in the war. Do you want to know how you get a Demogorgon? That's how you get a Demogorgon. <laughs> Stop <laughs> fucking with alternate universes. So that pretty much ends season one, but who was your favorite character in season one? If you had to narrow it down. Probably first I would say Eleven. Yeah, by far. And I think that was kind of the, you know, that was kind of the breakout star for everybody. It was definitely Eleven. For sure. I have the same. I agree. 100% yeah, agree. She it was just, Eleven. Because you really see her strength build as well. Well, and you feel for this. This is a child. Mm-hmm. This is a child. She was ripped away from her mother. All these god-awful, horrible experiments were being done to her by this man that she called Papa. The sick doctor who, uh, can I just say Matthew Modine played Dr. Brenner, like, which which was a take-back for me because... I, I love Matthew Modine and uh, he's, he's one of my favorite actors from that, from that uh, era in the seventies and eighties. But um, he played that, that character perfectly. Oh my God. Just something about the white hair and the whole thing. I mean, he was just this sadistic guy that, you know, by any means necessary, they were going to complete these experiments and he just gave complete disregard to the fact that these were children. Um, oh, yeah, he didn't give a fuck about yeah, that. Yeah, played it brilliantly. So, yeah, you really... I think Eleven was a fan favorite for everybody from the first season because, essentially, this was a child, and you just... You you felt for her. And uh, you, you saw her... You see all these other kids growing up, and you sort of see her growing up, too. Because not only is she growing up, she's kind of learning what it is to be a normal kid because she and doesn't speak English she doesn't too. know how to be a normal kid poor she thing no can't idea. even barely talk she never had to so she understands but she doesn't talk right. speak much of it she yeah there was never a reason for her to have to so yeah you're seeing these kids grow up but you're seeing her grow up too and learn so yeah, yeah. she was my favorite in season one too. oh yeah definitely mouth breathers I loved her well and I know the other thing too that was really neat for me for season one was and I kept saying, like, when I would describe the movie to people or the show to people, if they've never seen it, I would say, it's Stand By Me meets the X-Files. <laughs> wow. I mean, I don't know. I don't know any other way to describe it than that. Because Accurate, though. these kids are everything. And I mean, and if, if, like, if you grew up in the 80s, if you love the 80s, Stand By Me and the Goonies were the fucking movies and all because they were all centered around kids. So as kids, it's like your imagination already runs wild as it is. So to see these movies where these kids went on like actual adventures and like, but not only were they adventures, it was also this like bonding moment as kids. It's like that, that those movies Stranger Things encompassed everything that those movies did. She's our friend and she's crazy. Yeah. Oh, 
God love Dustin. So he he became one of my favorites by the second season for sure. Mm. Yeah, we we love eleven, Dustin. and I, I have to say, besides eleven, Dustin kind of takes the cake for me. Yep. Those fucking teeth. Oh, my God. Oh, my God. <laughs> yeah, so if we didn't mention also, because uh, I did get to meet Gatton, and he's an adorable child. I did, too. We both got to meet him. We both got to meet him. Meet Dustin. Dustin. He was a kid. sweetheart. He has, in the first season, it is mentioned that he has a disorder called uh, cleidocranial dysplasia, CCD. Um, so this is a disorder. It's where children are born. Um, it mostly affects their bones and their teeth. They're also born with collarbones that are typically, uh, poorly developed or absent. Um, so they're usually very prominent features that they have. And one of them, um, like what Dustin has the character in Gatton himself is that he still essentially has baby teeth and is full-grown teeth haven't grown in. So he does wear dentures at times, um, but he does give off a face that has a very, you know, childlike presence. So, um, yeah, you just, you love him. He's adorable. You love him already, but by the second season, this kid just really grows on you. Um, so going into Stranger Things season two, um, the premise for this season is on October 29th, 1984, Will Byers finds himself the target of the Upside Down a year after his disappearance as a large tentacled figure named the Mind Flayer, again, another d, &D. reference, <laughs> soon terrorizes the citizens of Hawkins, drawing back Joyce and Hopper along with Mike's sister Nancy, Will's brother Jonathan, Nancy's boyfriend Steve, as well as Will's close friends, Mike, Dustin, and Lucas. The group, along with Californian newcomer Max, as well as a missing 11, must join forces once again to prevent the threat from increasing. So we get um, a couple of new characters here. Like we mentioned, Max Mayfield is played by Sadie Sink. Uh, Max's stepbrother, uh, Billy Hargrove, is played by uh, Doc Ray Montgomery. Um, and then we also have um, a new doctor, Sam Owens, which is played by Paul Reiser. Um, he is not like Papa. They still sort of have Hawkins Lab open, essentially, but what they're doing is sort of kind of cleaning up um, what Dr. Brenner did and, and kind of trying to stop all of it. Um, Sean Astin is also another character. Like I mentioned, the Goonies, I had to. Um, he plays Bob Newby. He works at the Radio Shack, and uh, he sort of becomes Joyce's love interest. Um, and we love Bob. We okay? love Bob. We love Bob. Um, I love Bob. There's a total Goonies reference. There's an in, It reference, too. So there's two, yeah, there's two references that Bob gives away that are amazing. One of them is a blatant It reference that I loved, where he's in the car with Will. Will is still having these nightmares about the mind flayer, uh, Will essentially still has a connection to the upside down. And what do they the call scene, it? The, the true eye, the true eye, the true right. eye is what they're saying he has. So at the end of the first season, um, he coughs something up and spits it down the sink. Well, what that ends up being is part of the Demogorgon still attached to him. So there's part of the upside down still attached to, to Will. And he can still sort of slip in and out of seeing it. And he's still seeing the mind flayer. Well, he mentions 
not particularly, but these nightmares that he's been having and these episodes that he's been having to Bob. And Bob, Bob grew up in Maine and Bob mentions having these nightmares about a clown. And it's like, it's not the same name. He does have a different name. Yeah. Yeah. But it's, but it's very referenced. It's It's very, it's it without saying, you know, and Stephen King gave stranger things such praise and it's, it's great. Um, so that, that right there is is definitely an it reference. It goes without saying. Um, and then there's also the scene where when Will is essentially possessed by the mind flayer and he's trying to tell them where this center of it to find is these sort of catacombs that they've built underneath Hawkins that sort of lead back to the lab through these pumpkin patches in the town. Um, there's this map that Will has drawn and... Bob goes, so what is this, a treasure map? And I I almost lost it. I thought, if nobody got that Goonies reference, like, get your life. Like, that was, the such, Goonies? that was such a blatant Goonies reference when, of all things, he said treasure map. I'm like, stop it. Like, <laughs> stop it. No. What? No. No. Um, so, yeah, that was great. Like, two big 80s references, right there in the show to begin with. So yeah. And Bob ends up being another one of those deaths like Barb where you're like, no, Bob's Bob. death was rough. No offense to Barb. I love Barb, but Bob's death, death was, it was rough. That was sad. Rough. And can we talk about Barb again? So <laughs> it's still Barb. For Barb. <laughs> again, like Barb's parents are devastated. Um, they're, what are they? They're trying to sell. They actually are selling their house to pay for, a private investigator. What's his name? Um, I'll find it. But um, so they're playing. They're paying for this private investigator to figure out what's going on with Barb. They have um, Nancy and Jonathan over for dinner, um, and Nancy, of course, knows what happened to Barb, and so does Jonathan. But they're not allowed to say anything, so they can't tell their parents, her parents, what really happened. Yeah, they've kind of been, you know, shut down by the government. Yeah, because they could anything. get in huge trouble for that. Um, and it's kind of like, you know, when at the, at the beginning, when they see that basically they're doing this arcade and this person named Mad Max is beating all of their high scores and they come to find out it's this new girl that is in their grade, Dustin and Lucas immediately develop a crush on her. It's really cute. Um, Mari, uh, Mari Bow, uh, Bowman, Bowman. Yeah. Mr. Bowman. Yeah. Mari Bowman. <laughs> Bald Eagle to... <laughs> God damn it. Bald Eagle. Bald Eagle to... I'm sorry. I'm sorry. What was... What did she call herself? No, it would have been... It was Dustin's. Uh, what did she call herself, though? Bald Eagle to... Or hit... What did he call herself? Or what herself? did Dustin call his... I can't, I can't remember. Yeah. Anyway. But it's... Okay, so anyway. Sorry. Sorry. That was in the third season. You, if anybody saw the third season, you'll yeah, get it. Yeah, he's in the third... Mr. Bauman's in the third season as well. Um, so they find out Mad Max is this girl that they went to school with. Well, she starts going... She's going to the arcade as well. Well, she kind of gets a little bit involved in what's going on because uh, Mike, Dustin... Wait, and- wait, wait, wait. How in the heck did you jump from Nancy... And Steve. Did you miss that? You were looking Barb's. something up. Okay, yeah. I you totally were looking something up. Because you jumped from like, I'm like, wait, where did that jump go? 
You were looking that up. Anyway. There was a legitimate guys. connection. Woo! Okay, good. I'm, just, I'm hoping. I'm just hoping everybody's following along. <coughs> now I'm choked. Sorry. Didn't mean to No, choke. no. There was a legitimate connection. You were just looking up his name, so you missed it. Um, but anyway, so she's at the, she's doing the arcade with them, and then, um, she basically kind of starts hanging out with them, and Mike, Lucas, and, um, Dustin basically are figuring out this thing about Will, because Will is seeing the Mind Flayer with, um, like she was saying with True, True Sight is what it's called, um. And of course she's curious. She's like, what in the hell is going on? And Lucas is like, you know, we can't tell you. And she gets mad. And then Lucas is basically like, okay, I'll tell you, but you can't tell anybody. Well, she's kind of starts making fun of everything. And then, um, Lucas is like, yeah, um, we, you know, this is actually real. And then she, it's, it's like, once he actually like covers her mouth, it's almost like she gets it. And she's like, Oh, you're actually telling the truth. And he's like, yeah, um, we could literally go to prison for this. Please stop talking. Yep. So that's, so she basically, he basically tells her everything and she's kind of part of the group now. Eleven is still missing. Um, but to them, she's missing. Um, at the beginning of the season, you actually find out that she formed a relationship with Hopper and he's keeping her in his cabin that he's, I think he said it was his grandfather that owned it. Yeah. Which kind of leads us back into, you know, his daughter dying. So right. the relationship that he develops with her. Very sweet father daughter relationship. That yeah. They have. For sure. It was probably my favorite relationship that grew in season two was them too. Um, he's, he gives her like a word a day. Um, teaching her more English, teaching her more how to, he, he won't let her go anywhere though. That's, he has three rules and that's one of his rules that she can't go anywhere. Uh, well, clearly she's a child and that, you know, eventually gets old. Like you don't want to stay in a cabin all the time. And she misses Mike cause her and Mike kind of started a thing in season one. And that's eventually kind of how the kids discover that she's back towards the end of it is cause she does leave at one point cause she wants to, she does find out about her mom. She finds out about the experiment. She finds out that they pretty much, you know, did electroshock on her mom, fried her brain, keep her from remembering, paid her mom's sister off. Uh, so she knew what was going on the whole time, but they paid her off not to say anything. Um, and then Eleven also discovers that uh, she had what she calls her sister, but it was another child that was being experimented on, uh, in the lab as well. She was, uh, she had a different powers where she makes people see things that they think are really there, but they're not. And she kind of badass. Yeah. She's pretty cool. <laughs> Kali, uh, she was number eight. Um, and she's been running around with another group of, um, now they're not, they're, they don't have powers or anything, but they're just kind of like, you know, kind of, underlings of society that people have forgotten about that they run around and rob people but they're they're in in Kali's eyes they're attacking the people that work directly with the lab that they feel like blame that they they sort of blame them essentially for what was done to them so Kali's trying to recruit Eleven to be in this group and she kind of wants to use Eleven's powers to kill these people 
she thinks that Eleven thinks to punish them, but essentially Callie's whole deal is she wants to kill these people. She has nothing but vengeance left in her for what was done to her, these experiments, which I don't blame her. I mean, they were horrific. Again, like I said, be done, done to children, but that is not what Eleven wants to do. You know, she appreciates that she found her, that she kind of gained this newfound acceptance and, and outside influence for herself. So now she knows what happened to her mom. Now she knows what happened to other kids. Now she knows what happened. So she decides to go back to Hawkins and that's when the kids find out that she's still alive um, and that Hopper had been keeping her and, and everything. So, um, cause Hopper ends up adopting her at the end, which is amazing. And I, and I figured that was going to happen anyway. Because, oh yeah, for sure. You know, he'd been one of the biggest parental influences on her. Um, but getting back to Max's character, uh, her stepbrother is Billy, like we mentioned. And Billy's, Billy! Yeah. Bill, well, we, we, you, you kind of, you feel, you, watch season three, <laughs> exactly. watch season three, that's all I can say, because I don't want to give anything away about season three, but, but, but Billy season is two, complex. but season two, Billy's a douche, so uh, douche. you do, you do see that his dad is incredibly abusive and usually yeah. most bullies are abused by their parents. That's usually where it comes from. So that makes sense. But, uh, so Billy's mom left. And Billy's dad ended up with Max's mom. So that's kind of like where they come into play. And Billy sort of becomes the new badass around and sort of pushes Steve out of the way. Because Steve was sort of the jock basketball badass guy. He gets pushed out of that. Um, And then him and Nancy have this big breakup because Nancy just can't deal with the fact, you know, she understands what Steve is trying to say to her, but she doesn't like the fact that Steve is just wanting to get on with his life as if nothing happened. She can't do it. She just refuses to. Um, and that's when Mr. Bauman comes into play is when Nancy decides to get Jonathan involved, uh, Will's brother to go with her to see Mr. Bauman to tell him he's an investigative reporter, a private investigator, but he knows there's all kinds of crazy things going on with the government. And I guess you could consider him a conspiracy theorist. Doesn't he even, con- he but, uh, says that, doesn't he? He is a conspiracy theorist. And I think he's amazing because I am too. So I'm like, we would totally Mr. Bauman. Fucking love that guy. Yeah, he's awesome. But, um, I like him too. Oh, and can we talk about how, how amazing of a matchmaker this guy is? So he pretty much calls it right off the bat about the feelings Jonathan and Nancy have for each other, which you wouldn't think you would catch it. But the more you start watching of, of season two, the more they start to come together, you get it. Because she respects the fact that Jonathan is different. And he's also willing to help her and he believes in her, which she's not getting from Steve. And He can also Jonathan, understand a part of her that Steve never can. Yes. Because yeah. he was went through that traumatic event with her. Yeah. And Steve will never under, be able to understand exactly. that. They, they develop a relationship out of understanding of similar traumatic experiences. So yeah, Jonathan and Nancy, I totally shipped them. Like they were adorable. Loved them. Totally shipped Jancy. Jancy and Malevin. 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 So are we trying? Malevin. 
<laughs> anyway, so in this story, basically, Will gets possessed, like, going back to the part where he kind of gets possessed by the Mind Flayer. Um, he starts touching the he can he can feel whenever it's around he will always touch the back of his neck when he starts feeling these things and he because the mind flare basically quote unquote possessed him he it he starts using because he can't do anything without the mind flare knowing that's the shitty part like he's he's trying to help everybody help him but he's like I can't really do that because he this thing knows every move I make. Yeah, like at one point they uh, tie Will up, um, trying to get the mind flare out, and Will starts tapping the side of the table, and he's essentially giving Morse code. Yep, and that's how they communicate. And that's he's how they giving figured Morse it out. Code. That's how they were able to figure it out. Um, uh, the mind flare, because you'll this will sort of. Because this kind of runs into season three with uh, heat. They hate they heat. Don't, yeah. They Hates like the cold. Heat. They like it as cold as possible. So anytime that Will is ever in a position where he's going to be somewhere that's hot, he like freaks the fuck out because he knows this mind flayers inside of him. When they get people from the lab to go down into these tunnels that they find, because in the beginning... All these people's pumpkins. It's October. Everybody's pumpkins are dying. Nobody can figure I'm out. I'm sorry, what the but hell that's why. not gonna do. This yeah. white ass bitch needs her fucking pumpkin spice. This Becky Gremlin needs her pumpkin spice. Yes. Listen, get your pumpkin shit together. Get it together. Get it together, because I'm gonna need my pumpkin spice. I don't get this mind flare shit is not an excuse. Yeah, I would not be having it. I'd be pissed. <laughs> I'd be like, excuse me? There's what what's going on with pumpkins? So, um, pumpkins are dead everywhere. They find the tunnels. They, they, it all leak, leak, leaks back into the, to the lab and everything, like I said. So when they start going down into the tunnels and they're killing all of these, th all of these vines and shit and stuff down there, they're killing them with, uh, flamethrowers. Well, as they're killing them with flamethrowers, Will is freaking out. I Crazy mean, seizure looking. Starts thing, having yeah. seizures, body temperature rises. I mean, the whole thing. Because of the direct connection, the possession that he has with this mind flayer. Yep. Um, and that's essentially how they get the mind flayer out. With heat. They have to tie him to the bed. And, what is it? Uh, the fireplace and space heaters and literally everything. They basically they do get it out of him. And um, the, I think this is probably the most badass scene of the entire series is the ending where they're trying to close the gate. But basically, they're trying to close the gate so the Mind Flayer can't get to Will anymore. And Eleven has to close the gate. And it is the most badass scene of this entire series, to me. Anyway, yeah. it oh, is hell the yeah. coolest. It is. Because like it is told you guys, so awesome. The, the, so, the, in the first season, the, this, the gate to this alternate dimension was never closed. And the thing that Will coughed up started growing. And that's what it was feeding on when these pumpkin patches were dying. And essentially it's a demogorgon is what it is. It's just small. It's like a, you know, like a, a beehive. You got like a queen bee and then you have all the other little bees. Mind Flayer's queen bee. 
Exactly. Basically, that controls all the other little Demogorgons. Yeah. Yeah. So when this thing that Will coughed up, it's like a little slug. Dustin finds it, calls it Dart. He thinks it's a little pet, but it's not. He's it, a good boy. But essentially, it, it kind of is good because it does remember Dustin and lets saves their lives. saves their lives when they're in this hive tunnel thing. So by that time, they do realize that the only way they're going to be able to kill, because more of these Demigorgon things are everywhere. That's what starts to grow as they're in these tunnels. Well, doesn't Dart technically become even the alpha? Yeah, he So, like, the that's why they one. he saves them, because yeah. he's like, nah, I know these guys. Right. Move along. And he was, like, the first one, and he remembers Dustin and everything, so... Um, he gave him nougat. D'Artagnan! Three Musketeers. That's where the name came yep. from. And Three Musketeers are the shit. They really are. If anybody out there, oh look, chocolate, nougat. nougat, I don't want to hear it. And put one in the freezer, oh. and you will thank me later. Girl, I thank you now. That shit is the best. Right? That shit is the best. I want oh, Three Musketeers on Chipotle. <laughs> Chipotle and Three Musketeers is my life. <laughs> Three Musketeers is my, my life. life. <laughs> D'Artagnan. Dark. Dark, dark. Dark, dark, dark. I love it. Oh my gosh. But yeah, that's pretty much season two once she closes the gate. Um, oh, one very important thing we forgot to mention about season two is the relationship that Steve forms with these children. Because. Oh gosh, yeah. The memes, the mom memes that came out of oh this season God. were probably my favorite memes that have ever happened. Yeah, because by the time Jonathan and Nancy <laughs> hook up, uh, Steve and Nancy are all but broken up and uh, Steve is kind of, you know, down in the dumps because he's not the big guy around high school anymore and Billy's kind of taken over that. He doesn't have the girlfriend anymore so he starts to develop this kinship with Dustin that is just beyond Amazing. adorable. Oh my god, it's the cutest fucking thing I've ever seen in my life. And um, when it gets down to where you know, these kids have to fight, uh, well, first against keeping Billy the fuck away, and then, uh, <laughs> keeping Billy the fuck one away. of the Demogorgons away, like, he just immediately, uh, Steve goes right into, to mom, mom mode. mode. Steve is mom. He's just amazing with those kids. He's absolutely, and that carries over into season three. I mean, not only with the, they not played only with the off kids, of those memes so much too. Well, not only with the kids, but just him and Dustin. Yep. That relationship between him and Dustin, like I said, Dustin becomes my little dude. We could literally, I would, someone pick up a spinoff series of Steve and Dustin. Just Steve and Dustin. That's it. I'm good with that. Oh, I could do that. I could. You, and you could. A, a, and a third, actually, two other characters that come into season three need to be with him. But, um, yeah, the adventures of Steve and Dustin. Well, you know what they could do? They could do it like they did, uh, so you know how in Sabrina, when they did, like, the Christmas special? Yeah. So they could, they could totally do, like, a one-off Steve and Dustin special. Hey! Hey! (laughs) Duffer Brothers. Hey, Duffer Brothers. Anybody out there is listening. Can you make this happen? And then add, uh, can you add, I know we haven't process yet but can you add erica and robin please i literally need the four of them in like a spinoff something let's make it happen we could make it happen 
Let's go to the mall. How amazing would that be, though? Seriously, I would watch it. I would watch it. Everybody would watch it. Everybody. Everybody would watch it. Okay, somebody out there to do a change.org. Let's start a petition right now. Right this immediate moment. So, okay. So, season two. Who was your favorite character? Well, like I said, besides Dustin. Um, Dustin's my favorite character every season. Oh my god, he's amazing. So yeah, besides Dustin, um, definitely, uh, I keep wanting to call him by his real name, um, but definitely Steve. Why sure. we gotta be picking all the same and, ones? Um, <laughs> and then uh, Bob. I just, I just missed. I love Bob, and I, I miss Bob. Bob, and Bob died, and R.I.P. Bob. Be like Bob. Be like Bob. Always Easy peasy. Like Easy peasy. Yeah, that's I. I can't dis- disagree. Dustin is like always my favorite. He's oh, like yeah, the consistent, yeah. which sure. is why I bought this shirt. Love Dustin. But um, yeah, Steve. It would. It would have to be. If any character in any show or movie has been redeemed as much as I don't know if there ever has been as redeemed as much as Steve. You hate him in the first season. And then, like, towards the end, you're like, ah, he's okay. And then season two, you're like, oh, my God, I worship Steve. Yeah, like, you love Steve. <laughs> and that hair. Oh, my God. <laughs> Steve. And then by the third season, you're literally, like, shrinings to Steve. Yeah, you're head you're over like, heels. You're like, I love you, Steve. <laughs> you are head over heels for Steve Harrington by the third season. It's just like, oh, my God, are you kidding me? Like, how did you go from being the most hated to the most loved? Like, right? that quick. Because the Duffer Brothers are yep, amazing. The and they know how to write a character development to be like, oh my god. Absolutely amazing. And then, um, you know, as much as I loved Bob, it's like, I ship, I really ship Hopper and Joyce. And you do sort of start to see a little bit of that. <coughs> you actually end. see a little bit of that season two. Yeah. <coughs> what time is it? It's an oh, hour. Yeah, it's an hour. Yeah, we got it. 20, 20 minutes in, we got a little snippet. And then the hour in, it's like, what? Maybe the choking commits. Time for choking. Let it commence. So yeah, we need to, to make a shirt of that. <laughs> oh, look, one hour, time for choking. Let the choking commence at one hour precisely. <laughs> but of course. But of course. <laughs> Shop right. <laughs> Shop cough. We'll never not get old ever. Oh, uh, not one. Okay, so third season, season three best of season things by far. Watch it now. So again, we're not going to give any spoilers, but we are going to go over the premise, and we are going to give away a lot of Easter eggs. Um, I think the only thing that needs to be said of this season is she wants to dance like Uma Thurman. That's literally all that needs to be said because that fucking song has been stuck in my head for a goddamn week. Because of one of the characters being Uma Thurman's child, and every single time someone talks about it, I get that song in my head. So I just read that she is going to be in the new Quentin Tarantino movie, Once Upon a Time in Hollywood, and I'm like, can we make Kill Bill 3? Please! Do it. She is BB Kiddo. She's little baby Uma Thurman. I've been calling her that. She looks identical to Uma Thurman. Okay. The people who didn't know, let's talk about I this for a Ethan minute. I know Ethan Hawke is the dad. I understand that. But she looks like her mom. Let's talk about this for a minute, though. Like, for real. People who did not know that she was Uma Thurman's child, that's fine. But how? 
<laughs> have you seen her face? You've been have stuck you under Thurman's a face? rock the last 20 Their years. Their faces are identical. Yeah. Identical. It's like when you see Reese Witherspoon and her daughter oh and you're God. like, uh, what? It's like there was a glitch in the Matrix. Like, cloning oh my exists. God. Cloning exists. <laughs> it literally exists and that's what you are. Like, you we're are getting all orphan black up in this bitch. Whoa. Like, Tatiana Maslany needs to be called immediately because like, what is happening? Yeah. You've been living under a rock if you didn't know that was Uma Thurman's child because she is... Like I said, we need to kill Bill 3. She is BB She Kiddo. would be a perfect... Oh my God. She's oh my BB God. Kiddo. Um, we're going to start another change.org. Yeah. <laughs> Kill Bill 3. Be Kill Bill 3 right now. With Maya Hawk immediately. I'm going to need that as BB Kiddo. Yes. We can do that. We can totally make that happen. Anyway. Oh, I've had, I've had an entire script in my head since the second movie. Of, Dude. Of, yeah. Find I, somebody, email them and be like, Maya Hawk immediately right now. I have a script. Oh, I'll get right on that email to Quentin Tarantino. <laughs> First of all, I'm going to try not to fangirl out. Second of all, I am professional. <laughs> and she's like pterodactyl screaming and I she's like typing the email. She's like pterodactyl. Like, <laughs> you can hear it through the email. He opens the email and is like, ah! like what the fuck? Like, this didn't even have a sound clip. How the fuck it? is it? <laughs> Stupid fucking... Paradactyl. Paradactyl sound coming out of my computer. So, third season. (laughs) I had to bring that up, though, because a lot of people legitimately did not know who she was. I'm shocked. Yeah. And I'm like, she's literally the biggest new character in this entire show because, hello, Uma Thurman is a child. Literally. That's her face. She, like, went back in time. It's like Back to the Future. But great reference, by the way. Love Thank it. You. Um, <laughs> in the summer of 1985, in Hawkins, the new Starcourt Mall has become the focal point of the town, driving other stores out of business. Sheriff Hopper is conflicted over Eleven and Mike's budding relationship, three inches, while Joyce considers moving out of Hawkins for better prospects, leaving the state. But for go. God's sake, please. Three inches! I had to. Leaving the state of the children's friendships and her own relationship with Hopper in the air. However, strange power fluctuations trigger Will's awareness of something otherworldly, and Eleven and Max sense something is off about the town's residents. And despite having closed the portal to the Upside Down, fears that they are all in danger from it still. So... These poor kids can't catch a goddamn They literally can't. (laughs) They literally cannot. Um, so again, like we mentioned, Miss Maya Hawk, Miss Baby Uma Thurman, Miss BB Kiddo. She wants to dance like Uma Thurman. She plays a character named Robin that if you don't love her, get the fuck out by the end of this season. Get the fuck out. Literally get the fuck out. I don't want to talk to you anymore. We're done. What did you say that made me laugh so fucking hard? Take a long walk off a Take short- a long walk <laughs> off a short pier and drown. Because let me tell you something right now. I'm standing in Kroger when you text that to me and about had a heart attack. I so hard. Y'all, I, I had to rant about something that happened. And I said, you can take a long walk off short pier and drown. And I'm dying. <clears throat> literally literally dying. was dying. Oh, my God. Seriously, hysterical. though, guys. Like, 
we haven't she's, even went she's over the like, greatest character. Robin is my favorite in this season. Hands down. And of course, you know, you're going to kind of be like, why? Watch the season. Just watch it. Just try. You will understand why when you, when you, when you finish it. And I know all of you right now that have finished it are like giggling. Yeah, you know why. <laughs> well, and uh, there was also another introduction to a new character who I also equally loved. Robin Moore, but definitely loved her, is Little Miss Erica. She actually Lucas's was introduced sister. in season two. Well, she was in season two. But no one remembered but- her. I remembered her. I remember her. I remembered her a little bit. Because she was the best annoying little sister in the world. But Erica Sinclair is played by uh, Priya Ferguson, and that little girl is just going to take it. You can't spell America America without without Erica. Erica. Also, this was the most quotable season. (laughs) Oh, definitely. By far. And maybe I just didn't catch them as often as I did in the previous seasons. But literally, 80s references so thrown in your face, they're just like, Blam! 80s references. Like 80s, 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 80s. Oh, were you like, confused about what year this was? 80s, 80s, 80s. Just so you know. 80s, 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 80s. I mean, Oh, just... did you forget? Ario Speedwagon. <laughs> Let's throw some uh, Madonna. Let's throw some, uh, what else did we have? Girl, um, when she <laughs> said, I dump your ass. I dump your ass. You're as cold as ice. Oh my God. I was like, cue the most perfect breakup song ever of all time. Thank you. Can we also talk about Max and Eleven's relationship Ah! this season? Friends don't lie. Yeah, well, boyfriends do. (laughs) Life is more about... Okay, seriously, this isn't really giving that much away, but for real, Max really shows Eleven that there's more to life than boys. And it's, it's refreshing to see kids doing that in a show that kids are going to be watching. Girls need that. Girls boys really need that. Boys kids, need that kids too. Need kids, that actually, you know what? Kids. Period. There's more to life than the same or opposite sex. If you're gay, straight, whatever. There's more to life than that. Be yourself and become who you are as a person, and then, you know, find well, somebody. And but- we get that. It's this show again. It it it's taking it back to the first season. This is so much about the ki- these kids and and seeing them grow up and seeing them become adults because there was nostalgic parts in the third season that made me can I just say besides Robin and Erica Will really became one of my favorite 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 characters because I was that nerdy kid that didn't want to let go I was like the last one to like shave my legs be into boys (laughs) be into you know I I still, I wanted to be a kid. I didn't want to let that go. I don't want to grow up. I'm a Toys R Us Oh, I totally was. Like, I didn't, I didn't, I did not like it when all of my other friends and girls I hung out with were into boys and into all that. Because that meant letting our childhood go. That meant letting that innocence go. That meant things were going to start to become more complicated. That meant life was going to get real. That meant we were actually growing up. And I remember having a really hard time with that and hating it. And I still don't like it. <laughs> I was going to say, I don't, say, like um, I don't think I ever go got back? over it. Yeah. I don't think I ever got over it. I think I still to this day hate it. So yeah, I think, like I said, besides Robin and Erica, and you guys will get it if you if you've watched it by now. You'll get what I'm saying. There's a certain significant part 
with Will that I just sobbed. I, I cried because I was like, wow, this is, I get it, Will. I totally get it, man. I get it. You, you, you see everybody else around you growing up and you're like, I'm not ready for this yet. I don't want to do this. I just don't want to do this because this means shit's going to have to get real. And I'm just, I've dealt with enough real, <laughs> like, especially poor Will. At this Good point, he's like, God. you know, I'm fucking tired of this if bullshit. If this kid has not had to deal with enough, like, <laughs> puberty is the last thing. But, um, yeah, so that part. Oh, you're going through puberty? I'm possessed by a fucking demogorgon. Oh, yeah, I'm possessed by a mind player. Thanks. <laughs> <laughs> On top of puberty. <laughs> right? Speaking of puberty, all of these kids going through puberty. Right oh now. my god! <laughs> and I'm so okay. So I can I just say that if I would have had powers as a teenager, as eleven, when I did actually start liking boys, and I did have to keep the door wide fucking open if there was a boy in the house. Yeah, there was no three inches. My dad was like, "That whole motherfucking door better be open." Or <laughs> right, I kind of thought she got off easy with that. She's oh, like, she got off totally and I was like, easy with three inches. Um, I wasn't even allowed to have boys in my room, which <laughs> I didn't really give a fuck. But I was like, yeah, <laughs> later. <laughs> I was like, oh, only girls are allowed up here. Shucks. Oh, darn. Gay? Yeah, <laughs> me, me kind of later, too. Yeah, this is just my friend. Can my friend spend the night? Can my friend? I'm doing air quotes. Can my friend? <laughs> what do you forget? Oh yeah, you can't see me. Air quotes. <laughs> oh, you can't see me. Oh yeah, you can't see what I'm doing right now. No, for real. Like my yeah, when you don't like, want to tell. Oh your... yeah, your friends can come over for the night, and I'm like, great. Or when you don't want to tell your parents it's your girlfriend, and you're like, yeah, my friend. <laughs> Yeah, my friend, that's a female. <laughs> so are you seeing any boys? No. Yeah, when you're by and you don't want your parents to know, and it's like, no boys can come over, but girls can. Oh. <laughs> when you're gay and your parents are like, no boys can come over, but girls can. Oh. This is the rule? Are we sure about that? Okay. All right. God, there's going to be a lot of parents listening to this that are going to be like, Nobody's coming over ever. <laughs> Parents are going to be like questioning, what sexuality are you? I'm going to need to know, so I need to know who I can allow in your room. These poor kids are going to be like, I don't even know yet. <laughs> What's with all this pressure? They're like 10. I don't know. I don't even know. I don't know. I haven't even started looking. I just, I was just playing Legos. I, <laughs> I don't know if I want to fuck Johnny or Jenny. I was just playing Legos. Oh my god, those, and then they go back to school and they're like, my parents are being really weird. <laughs> like, can, can I come over? I don't know. My parents don't know. Yeah, we don't know. Because I don't, they don't know who I'm sexually attracted to. And I don't either. I don't so, either, so <laughs> I guess until then. Nobody we, can come over to my house ever. We just made it so complicated for these poor children. <laughs> Sorry for all you parents and kids out there. I love you, guys. Now that we done screwed it up, you're going to be like, okay, nobody. It's just ever. funny. Like, I was actually pointing this out to my roommate. I'm like, because when Hopper comes home and finds Sadie, Sadie, okay, finds Max in the room with Eleven, he's like, oh, okay. And I'm like, you know what's funny? <laughs> I'm like, let me tell you something that's funny right now. It's funny how he storms in the room, finds the same sex in the room, and is like, oh, that's fine, and shuts the door. And I'm like, 
they're not gay. But I'm like, what if they were? And you're talking about this fucking bitch, like, three inches with Mike, and what if Mike was just her best friend, and I can't call her Sadie. And Max was her girlfriend. Yeah. And then you're fucking fucked, because oh, well. now you're like, oh, well, three inches for boys, but the door can be closed for girls. Dad. <laughs> That's fine. Remember all those times, uh... <laughs> Me and Max were having sleepovers. <laughs> we weren't really sleeping. I mean, clearly they're not like in it like that. They're literally just best friends. But I'm like, what if the role was reversed? I know, right? What, like, I'm like, why are parents all of a sudden okay when it's the same gender in the room? You don't know if your kid is gay or bi or pans or whatever. Yeah. It's which, just, it was so funny to me. I'm like, he's automatically okay with that. What if Eleven was like, actually... Which is actually a great segue, because, again, no spoilers, but there are some LGBTQ characters this season, which are phenomenal. Set this in the 80s, and love it. Love it, love it, love it, love it, love it. Yes! Yeah, love that part of the, the 80s. The LGBTQ representation in this show especially this season, is something that we have needed because it makes them normal. It, it's it's not like the regular gay friend or the, the whatever other tropes that they have for LGBTQ people. It's something not thrown in your face. It's very subtle. It's very, here it is. We're walking away from it now. Still the same person. Nothing is different. It's it's everything everybody has ever wanted in that in this community, represented in a show or a, t a movie. And again, like I said, in a time where, set in a time you know in the eighties, especially in this time in the eighties and eighty six and eighty five rather, where you know you're you're getting into the height of HIV and AIDS scare, you know, like we were talking about, and uh, to even mention it as they did in this season, even subtly as much as they did, but to normalize it in such a subtle way during this time, like, again, this is in the 80s. Everybody has to remember this is the 80s. This was not, you this know. This isn't like today. <clears throat> you know, this was, no, 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 no. This wasn't like where now we have these preventative medication, we have these preventative medications. and Give and, him the medicine. Right. <laughs> We have medicine and education and all this other stuff for AIDS and we know that, you know, how you catch it and whatever and people could have AIDS and nobody's uncomfortable, but like now you never talked about it. And if you had it, you were quarantined, you know, so it was done in a great way in a time that people were scared to say anything. And I really appreciated the Duffer brothers with doing that. But yeah, I mean, it, again, it, going back to like the Cold War you know, that, that is really touched off on a lot of this, you know, with, with, you know, the Russians and all of that coming back into play. So, uh, that plays really heavily in this season. Um, the monster <clears throat> design is very, very cool. It's, it's more D and D this season. I think that it has been. And a lot of homages to the thing. Yeah. A lot. Whoa. 
Yeah. Very, very into the thing and very back to the future. Very centered around those movies. Yeah. Um, There were Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtle references. There were Terminator references. Nightmare on Elm Street. Latent Nightmare on Okay. (laughs) Alright, guys. I would like to point out that, you know, Nightmare on Elm Street is one of my all-time favorite horror films. And there's a very in-your-face Easter egg. And I didn't catch it. At all. I was literally to the point where I was messaging Becky and I'm like, I don't know what you're talking about. I was like, I I don't understand. And she had to point it out to me and I was like, I'm just going to eat my body. I'm going to eat my hair. I'm going to eat my glasses, my phone, my life. So this gives nothing away to season three, but there is a new character named Heather that is introduced. And there is a scene that is blatantly referenced tonight on Elm Street where... Heather <clears throat> lives in a house, excuse me, the street number is 1428 with a red door. And if any of you out there, which I hope you would be if you're listening to this podcast or Nightmare on Elm Street fans, um, Heather, of course, is the name of Heather Langenkamp, the actress that played Nancy in Nightmare on Elm Street. She lived at 1428 Elm Street and her home had a red door. So, yeet! I caught it instantly. I was, like I said, though, I was so into the show at that moment. I wasn't paying attention to that kind of stuff. So, any of you now are going back to that scene and you're going, wait, 1428 Street. Even the bathtub? Even the bathtub! Yeet! So, yeah. How many of you caught that, and how many of you literally right now are throwing your phones across the room because you're like, "What?" But be careful, though, because if you're listening to the podcast now, you're not hearing what we're saying. Because yeah, you're just so don't your phone. don't throw your phone till after <laughs> you listen. After you, you can you pause it, like pause, eat, <laughs> <laughs> and then just eat it. <laughs> yeah, that was one of my favorites. That was that was well, one especially of my... because when they actually came out with the Stranger Things two posters, every single poster was a nod to a horror movie, and Nancy's was Nightmare on Elm Street. Yep, which I love because Nancy. So right. I mean, like obviously they they love Nightmare on Elm Street, and my my brain's just like, <laughs> and I didn't even just well, like you said, you weren't. I, I could totally see how some of these Easter eggs would just completely slip by because there's so much going on in the show. And that's something that's been central to the show from the very beginning, from the first season, is that there's so many subplots that sort of bring everybody together. back together. So I'm going to rewatch yeah. it. And when I rewatch it, I'll look for Easter eggs. Excuse me. When I rewatch it, I will too. I will now. Because um, I'm just the first time I watch it, I'm more like, "What the fuck <clears throat> is happening?" There was also another one, real quick. To um, I'll mention this because the Stranger Things writers have already mentioned it. There was actually a contest that they did on Twitter where they did a giveaway uh, to fans who could point out a specific Easter egg. And what it was, I actually didn't even notice this, but um, there's a scene in season two with uh, Joyce and Mr. Clark. Again, the wonderful Mr. Clark science teacher um, from Hawkins. And uh, he has a miniature city built in his garage. Um, And it is a perfect 
homage to Beetlejuice, there is a little Beetlejuice gravestone in his graveyard. Um, so right there to Winona Ryder, Joyce Byer herself. Um, great 80s reference, even though the season takes place in 85 and Beetlejuice came out in 88. But um, that right there is another little Easter egg that I can't wait to go back and watch again. So I'm going to be like looking everywhere to make sure I can find it. Um, but again, other ones that are not so subtle, like we said, you'll, 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 you'll see the Nightmare on Elm Street one. You'll see the Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles one. You'll see the Terminator one. You'll see the references to the thing. You'll see, Back I mean, to like, the future. Back to the Future. Uh, yeah, there's so many 80s references. Oh, uh, what was the, <clears throat> was me. it Night of the Living Dead? Yeah. Was that the movie they went to see in the beginning? It was Night of the Living Dead. Night of the Living uh, Dead. Day of the Dead. I'm Day sorry. of the Dead. Day That's of the Dead. I was like, Day I can't remember what it's Same called. Same director, George A. Romero. Yeah, yeah, Day of the Dead. Day of the Dead was great. Yeah. Oh, God. Yeah. So, um, another one, another great reference. Again, shout out to the hub. Shout out to my hubby. Uh, he loved the reference about New Cope. I don't remember this at all. I, I, I don't remember this from the 80s, but um, anybody that grew up in the 80s remembers the Pepsi Challenge, where... They were going around and they were test. They were blind taste testing Pepsi against Coke, and people were saying Pepsi tastes better. So no. it was killing Pepsi. Say it was killing Coke sales. I disagree. It was killing Coke sales at the time, and so Coke decided to reformulate uh, <clears throat> and come out with new Coke, and it blew up. Fans hated it. People hated it. People who loved Coke were like, "Absolutely not. This sucks." So very quickly, I think within even a month, they went right back to the old formula and right back to regular Coke. Smart. It did not last long. So when they showed that part in the show, my husband's eyes just got huge. He was just like, no, no, no. New Coke was terrible. Um, and as Didn't some they of you actually may know, bring new Coke back? I was going to say, this is what I was going to mention, as some of you may know, um, I don't know if they were actually selling it in the stores, but as a advertisement for the new season of Stranger Things, Coke decided, Coca-Cola decided to bring out um, new Coke, limited time only, and I believe they're only selling it online. So um, I guess if some of you didn't weren't around in the 80s at the time like me and maybe you want to get that chance to try it maybe you can still go online and order some of it um i, I think don't i'll pass on it. i don't play on it uh after hearing from my husband and my father-in-law how terrible it was i'm just like yeah i'm not gonna waste my money on on trying this i'm, I'm glad that ship sailed and that was part of the 80s that i missed because... yeah i think i think i'll pass because to be honest with you the only coke that i truly downright enjoy is mcdonald's so Ooh, that fountain coke dude sometimes i cr i don't even drink pop anymore Girl. guys i really don't and i crave mcdonald's coke it has to be mcdonald's can't be anybody else it has to be mcdonald's i swear to god they put actual coke in that shit <laughs> it's so good <laughs> coke from there and coke from frisch's and i think it's more so because of the ice who in the fuck was like we need to change frisch's over to pepsi well you see that didn't last long and no it didn't <clears throat> that cherry coke with that that coke with the cherry syrup bitch that is where it's at oh that is where it's at yep sorry if you guys don't have a frisch's anywhere near you but they are the bomb 
I think they're becoming more nationwide. I know they were based out of Cincinnati, but I hope there is a uh, Frisch's near you. Well, we know where Dunkin' Donuts is from. Oh, my God. Well, and if there's no Frisch's near you, then that just means you can come to Ohio and uh, visit us and eat Frisch's. There you go. Let's, uh, let's just make a date to we'll go eat all Frisch's. Go to Frisch's. We'll just all go to Frisch's. <laughs> Sounds like a plan. Their breakfast bar is the bomb, so. <laughs> We'll do the bar, we can do the brupper. Brupper and get some Coke and with their bomb ass ice. They oh, have yeah. amazing ice. I do love their ice. Love it. Ice, ice. Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles. <laughs> All right, guys. Well, I think that about wraps it up for Stranger Things. We don't want to give it. anything away. So, yeah, please, if you guys haven't by now, watch season three. Um, it was released on July 4th last week. Um, it is one of the best seasons yet out of the entire series. Um, they do plan on doing a season four. Um, so anybody that did watch season three that were like, what, you know, when it got to the ending, um, there are plans on doing a season four. Of, co of course, we don't know when, um, because there was only a year in between the first and second season, about two years between the second and third season. Um, and obviously we know the other kids that are involved and other actors that are involved have other projects going on. It but, um, yeah, Ben uh, Wolfhard did it. Um, Millie did, uh, did the Godzilla movie. With fucking uh, Vera Farmiga. Gatton has a band. Uh, Finn also Finn has, has a, a band. band. Yeah. So, uh, yeah, these kids are multi-talented. Um, Caleb actually did the, uh, there was a great uh, biopic that came out last year about New Edition. The band, uh, the 80s group with uh, Bobby Brown. And it, um, that Caleb was in, um, as one of the younger members from New Edition, and he killed that. That kid can sing and dance. He is so talented. They all, all of those are. kids are. All like, of those God. kids are. They're amazing. And I'm Stop. so happy. I'm happy for them. I'm happy for children. all of them. I'm happy for all of them. I cannot wait to see what they do next. Um, I cannot, I can't wait to see the trajectory of where season four is going to go. Now, I know you mentioned... After this, season four will be it, which is fine. This is really all they need to I do. I have heard it's going to be a wrap-up season, which honestly, that's if you've seen season three, that's You'll really all they need to do. It, it, a nice little wrap-up kind of thing would be nice. Because again, this will go more into 86. Um, if they tie in, you know, this will this will really tie in the Cold War, set that whole story, um, and then we could sort of end off on where the kids are at that point. Um one last season, I think, will really bring it full circle, and and I can't wait. I, yeah, they don't they don't need any more than one more. They don't. Yeah, yeah. And and if this doesn't, if if none of you have ever seen Stranger Things, um, I would hope that even with everything that we gave away with season one and two, that this would still encourage you to watch it. Um, there's so much that great. we didn't talk about. That's funny. That's like heartwarming. Yeah. Just, it's a beautiful show. And you fall so much in love with these kids. And still, like I've been saying, like there are kids, like you feel like they're your children because you're watching them grow from 12 years old. Now they're like 16, 17. Probably by season four, they'll be like 17, 18, which is like crazy. But it's like, you're watching them grow. And they're such good, good kids amazingly talented, sweethearted kids. Watch interviews with them. They're absolutely adorable. We've both met um, Gaten Monterazzo and just like you've met Millie. And it's it's like they're like that in real life. They're all best friends. They love each other. Hell, fucking 
Millie Bobby Brown having that giant horde of boys just being friends with her and they're like, she's our friend, we're protective. Like, yeah. I love it. I love how protective of her they are. It's so that's cute. Amazing. So cute. It's it's something that's, you know, again, like we said about growing up and being kids and how, and how uh, childhood friendships like that are so important and you still hold on to a piece of your childhood with those friendships. I've got a friend, uh, shout out to my girl, Danielle, if she's listening. We have been best friends since we were five. So that's 30 years, 30 years that I've had a friendship with someone that I wouldn't trade for anything. And, uh, yeah, so that's, if you can have something that you can cherish from friendship and carry it on to your entire life, it's just, Shout out to my amazing. girl, Caitlin. I met her in kindergarten. We're still friends to this day. We're not as close. But anytime we get together, it's like no time has passed. That's the best. It's and literally like no best. time has passed. And she's that married now. And she, I guess we, it would have put us at 21 years. Yeah. Been friends for 21 so years. So if any of you have friends out there that you've been friends with since you were kids, oh my God, if you haven't seen Stranger Things by now, I mean, it'll bring up, it'll, I'm sure this show brought up so much nostalgia for so many people, whether you grew up in the 80s or not, just Anything that you experienced in your childhood, hanging out with your friends, riding bikes, different adventures, building tree forts, listening to music, playing board games, whatever. This this show really is just nostalgic. And it's all about childhood. And it's all it's about wonderful. growing up. Um, and then again, too, the flip side of that is that if you're a bit of a conspiracy theorist like myself and Mr. Bauman... Um, Mr. Bauman. Mr. Bauman, bald eagle. Uh, <laughs> this will all tie, this, this is, it's so neat how this show really ties into the, the government experiments, MK Ultra, the lab, the Cold War, the Russian intelligence, the, I mean, all of that stuff that really did happen in subsects of our own government that uh, they really dive deep into with this show. So yeah, I mean, it's just, like I said, it is it is it is Stand by Me and the Goonies meets meets fucking Men X-Files. in Black and X Files. It is it is just amazing. It's so it's if you like paranormal, if you like sci-fi, if you like horror, if you love the eighties, it just it's it encompasses everything. It's such a wonderful show too because like I tell people about this, and they're like, "Well, I don't like horror," and I'm like, "It's not horror. It can be considered horror." I mean, yeah, but I'm like, it's really sci-fi. It's fantasy. It's it's of comedy. It's romance. There were probably it's everything in the world. I would say probably the only time it was ever a horror to me was this season. Well, Ooh. any any parts that have to do with creatures. Yeah, the creature I would put it under this horror. season. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. But so, even that's literally it. And that takes up what? Not like much. 15, 20 minutes of the entire season? Yeah. Not I mean, much. really, it's not that much. You don't have to be a horror fan to love this show. Which is why the show is so huge. Kids are watching it. Parents are letting yeah. their kids watch it because it's really not that scary. Yeah. Even though this third season's had some language. A little bit. God damn is quite is used quite often in this season and fuck is used once. Which I was even shocked. I was like, did I just hear a fuck? Like <laughs> <laughs> Well, you know. But it's I mean, it's kind of I love it though, because they're kind of showing the progression of the kids growing, you know? Because like did when the, they were in high school, use fuck. Come on. Well, 
It was Billy that used well, fuck. Well, fuck. <laughs> of course it was Billy. But Destin used goddamn. Actually, a couple times, I think. I love Dustin. Everybody loves Dustin. <laughs> Dustin. All right, guys. Well, I guess that wraps it up for this week. Great so episode. So let's go love into it. our sponsors. Calm your body down. All right, guys. Uh, yeah. So um, I know the sale ended uh, for July 4th. Um, if you guys missed out, sorry about that. Um, there will be another sale running around the holidays. Um, but otherwise, everything is still available on the shop. Um, I do have some uh, new product ideas brewing. So um, we'll probably, I probably won't be introducing anything like that until. Uh, probably closer to the end of August, early September. Um, but just keep checking back. Um, anything new featured will always be up on the Instagram page. Um, so that's at see your BD. Um, I'm always tagging. Don't fuck with the original and everything. So, uh, remember you get free shipping with D F W T O. If you put that in the coupon code at checkout on the Etsy shop, you will get free shipping on everything. Um, you will also get a free D F W T O sticker with every single purchase. Um, and the Etsy shop again is etsy.com slash shop slash calm your body down. And there is a link, um, on the Instagram page at see your BD. And there's also a link to the Etsy shop on the website and the website's calmyourbodydown.com. So thanks. Calm your body down. Love it. All right, guys. So next week we will be diving into Danvers state, U not university hospital. <laughs> I literally almost said Danvers state university. Oh my right. God. Waverly place. No. <laughs> <laughs> so, <laughs> love it. Uh, next week, we're going to be talking about Danvers State Hospital because we actually went there last week. Oh, my God. I wish it was last week. I, oh, my God. I wish it was last week. You know, it's uh, been exactly a month. Exactly one month since we drove it. back. I know we're not going to talk about it. I don't want to talk about it. Yeah, so we did go to Danvers. My actual actually, home away from home. Our home. Oh. So we stayed in Danvers in Massachusetts, uh, outside of Salem. And, um, that's when we discovered that we were seven minutes away from Danvers state hospital. We went, got totally creeped out, told you a little bit about our experiences. We'll go over it again next week. Um, but we are really going to dive deep into the history of this place and how creepy it was. And as to why it was and, not a great uh, place to build a fucking apartment complex. Yeah, we'll we'll dive deep into that. <laughs> we cannot wait to go into that episode. Um, yeah, so this is going to be a great month. We're so we're so glad um, that you guys are still listening with us. We can't believe we've been doing this for six months. Guys, seven thousand listens. We actually looked at our cast box On thing cast last box, week. Yeah. Last week's, I'm done. <laughs> Last week and cut. No, <laughs> and it we've hit seven thousand listens, and we've got twenty five episodes, twenty six now. That's crazy. I swear, it seems like it wasn't more than a month ago where we were only at like what, like twenty three hundred. I really think our um, vacation episodes boosted a lot. Yeah. People loved those. Loved them. I've had people like, I want to go on vacation with you. And I was like, I don't know you, but sure. <laughs> well, that's why, you know, we're going to get... I love it. We, we plan on definitely, guys, you know, 
taking more trips, going more places, bringing more interviews <laughs> to more haunted places that we've been to. Um, and then we also definitely plan on doing more interviews in the future, more people that we can get on that are involved with the horror community in some aspect, whether they are involved with it with horror movies, whether they're paranormal investigators, ghost hunters, anything like that. And then, like I said, we definitely plan on visiting more places too, so that we can tell you about them because we're all about the road trips. And this is literally, I was telling Becky this, like we're making plans to go somewhere soon. And I was like, this is what I've always wanted to do. Hell yeah. We're, we're talking about horror things and making plans to go to actual haunted locations. Like, I'm like, this is what I've always wanted to do. This is amazing. Me too. Amazing. And not only do I get to investigate them, I get to do it with my best friend and I get to put it on a podcast. Like, what is better? Even better. What is better? And we hope we encourage you guys to go too. So. Oh, yeah, absolutely. Even though we pretty much just like to stick around here for a little, a few things. Even, so, little but. side note, too, real quick. I found out from uh, my cousin that apparently more people have been visiting Step Cemetery. And I don't know if that has to do with our podcast, but uh, so it was my grandma's birthday this past weekend. My family lives in Indiana, and I end up finding out from one of my cousins that lives still lives in the area that more people I guess have been visiting. So I wonder if it has something to do with our podcast. I don't know. That would be awesome to think so. But again, if you visit, that's on you. If you get busted after dark, because you're not supposed to go back there after midnight, after midnight, after midnight, dark, you can after midnight. Absolutely not. Because there is a game warden and, you know, forest rangers and you just, don't need to be doing that. So make sure you follow the rules and be respectful because it is a cemetery. But yeah, not um, going to that cemetery, right? Not that one. Um, I'm go with a show. Well, go, but go with a Don't go after midnight. Don't go after midnight. Don't go after midnight. That's a cemetery. The cemetery where the dog was found hanging <laughs> in the tree. But I love this. I love reporting on places that that people actually want to go to, that right. we get to go to. So we get to it's bring amazing. you that experience. I and, do apologize, though. We will never go to Bobby Mackey's, so you're just going to have to figure that one out yourself. That's the only place out of not any going of the to Bobby that we've done that no. we're not going. But um, we definitely will be we'll be making our own trip to Step Cemetery here very soon. So thanks, right, guys. guys. Well, we will see you next week. See ya. Watch Stranger Things. Watch it. Do it. Do yeah. it.